This evening, with Easter coming up, I thought that it was apt that I deal with the blood of Jesus. And I want to show you how the blood of Jesus is actually a weapon for us as Christians. And so often, not only do we take the blood of Jesus for granted, but also we don't realize how to use it as a weapon against the devil. And I want to deal with that tonight. And I really believe that if we understand this, we are going to be in a new level, each one of us, and I think that we are going to start changing some of the things in our own lives. First of all, when Jesus Christ came and He shed His blood, why was it so important that Satan hates the blood of Jesus Christ? Even to today. If you speak to any Satanist or anybody who is in the occult and you mention the blood of Jesus Christ, I tell you what, they cringe. So you have to ask yourself, why is it that the blood of Jesus was so important? Because the Bible says that once Jesus Christ rose again, He took His blood and He took it to God the Father. And He said, this is my blood that not only covers the sin of the world, but washes it away forever. Let me tell you something, that has some value. There is some importance in Jesus' blood that it enough power to wash away your sin forever. And you go read the book of Hebrews, it explains it very nicely to you. And let me tell you why it was so important. First of all, it was not human blood. Remember, his father was not a man on this earth. That's why he could be called the second Adam. He was the exact same state as the first Adam. God was Adam's father. God was Jesus' father. That's why he's called the second Adam. And because it wasn't human blood, it was important because when he came and he had to die and shed his blood, he was able to sit down with pure blood that was not contaminated with sin. That's why the Bible says that the sin of the fathers gets passed down from generation to generation. It doesn't say from the mothers. There is a connection with fathers that pass down a curse or a blessing. And so when it comes to the blood of Jesus, it is very, very critical and that we understand that the blood of Jesus was not just human blood. The Holy Spirit was, He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And He comes and He kept Himself pure right through and He comes and He says, Now I come and present my blood. And my blood is enough to wash away their sin and make sure that it is permanently erased from their record. So that is incredible to know that you don't have to work for your salvation, and we know this. Okay? But why am I discussing this right now? Is because if we understand the power that goes with the blood of Jesus, we will realize that the devil cannot penetrate that blood. He cannot penetrate that price that was paid. The problem that we have is we neglect it. We do not understand it, we do not use it properly, and I'm going to help us with that tonight. So after he rose, he took his blood to the Father in John chapter 20 verse 17. Just write these scriptures down. And then Jesus sprinkled his blood once and for all in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. But I want to show you that something happens when we have the blood of Jesus operating in our lives. 
You see, what is the biggest thing about the blood of Jesus? The biggest thing about the blood of Jesus, it brings us forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin. But there is only one thing that can stop you from receiving forgiveness from God. Did you know that? I want us to turn to Luke chapter 6. In verse 37, from verse 37. And I want us to have a look at this and you're going to see that many of us are in this trap. Many of us are actually not being forgiven by God right now. And I want you to have a look at this. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now listen to me very carefully. Forgive and you will be forgiven. If you do not forgive people, you will not be forgiven. How many of you want to be forgiven? Okay, not, not too many of you. Okay, I want to be forgiven. Alright, if I mess up, I want to know that I am forgiven. But a lot of us are walking around and we are not actually forgiven as Christians. We think we are, we are not. Why not? Because we still carry unforgiveness in our lives. How many of us still can remember somebody who did us wrong even as a child, as a school kid or something? I go, oh yes, I still like that guy for bullying me for 1942. Come on. We remember stuff. We hold on to stuff. And God says, I can't forgive you until you forgive. The blood that I have paid for, for you is worthless because you are holding on to that unforgiveness. Now when you see verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will it be given unto your bosom. Now everybody, how many of you thought that that was a financial scripture? Come on, they always use it for money. You know, give and it will be given to you. It's not talking about money at all. So let's just kick that one out the window. If you ever hear that scripture again, you say, that's unscriptural. Okay? They use it for finance, it's got nothing to do with finance, it's got to do with forgiveness. It says, give forgiveness and that forgiveness will be given back to you. Not only from God, but from man. How many of you have had somebody hold something against you? Ever? Let me tell you why. Because you are holding something against somebody else. Scripturally. So you are going to have to let go if you want forgiveness. Listen carefully. Running over will men give unto your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So how many of us make judgments about people, about the government, about everybody, and we expect no judgment coming to us? I can say what I want, but don't let it come to me. We do that all the time. So I want to tell you something, that we are actually making the blood of Jesus of no effect in our lives because of unforgiveness. Jesus Christ paid a price that we could be free, that we could be protected, that then no devil in hell can come near you, but we open the door because of our unforgiveness, because we say, listen, Jesus, it's okay, you can forgive me, but I don't need to forgive anybody else. So I want to challenge you. If you've got unforgiveness in your life, it is much more critical than what you think. It will kill you. That thing will open a door for the devil into your life and into your family's life. You've got to deal with that. Amen? amen. That's not an amen one. That's an ouch, I know, ooh, me. Oh. Okay? That was like really tough. 
And the second thing that the blood of Jesus does, and I want you to see this now. The first one, it, it is there to cleanse us from sin. But I want to show you, how many of you want to see how the blood of Jesus is a weapon? Come on, we need to fight with this. We need to know how to use the blood of Jesus as a weapon in our lives. Because God has given us certain weapons that we can use to defeat the devil and to genuinely have victory in our lives. I want us to go to Job chapter 1. I'm going to show you how the blood of Jesus works and the protection that you get. Job chapter 1. And I want you to go to verse 5. I'm going to show you how we can use the blood of Jesus as a weapon. And so it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job did and sent and sanctified him. And he would rise up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. In other words, if he had five people in his house, he burned five different animals. Every single morning. According to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This Job did regularly. And a lot of translations say that he actually did this every single day. And he, and he sat down and he sacrificed animals. Remember that this is the Old Testament. And that they could only cover the sin over the people. And so every single day, he used to sit down and kill an animal in case somebody in his family said something against God. Which created a platform or an opening for the devil to get into his house. So he did this every single day that there was a covering around them. So I want you to see in verse 10. Let's go to verse 10. And this is Satan now talking to God. It says, Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? So what is the result of this sacrifice that was happening every single day? God put a hedge around Job. Not only around Job, not only around his kids, but around his stuff. How many of you have felt that some of your stuff has been stolen in your life? Hey, you had a really good thing and then stuff just got taken. Or, okay, let's rephrase it. Everything just breaks in your house. Your washing machine, your car, your tumble dryer, everything just breaks. Okay? I'm telling you right now that there is a spiritual connection to the stuff. God does not want you to sit down and lose everything that you have in your life. Why? Let me tell you why. Because the stuff that you have is not yours. The Bible says that we are supposed to be good stewards of what He has given us. It's not yours. A steward never has ownership of it. So in other words, it is actually God's that you're looking after. Your car that you have is actually God's that you're looking after. It says be good stewards. Be faithful in little, I'll give you much. So if somebody comes and steals, they're actually stealing God's stuff. It's quite nice, eh? Like when I got home once in RDP, just invaded my house. Everything went to RDP. And I looked there and my kids go, Hey, Dad, there's no TV. <laughs> you know, and there's nothing, a whole lot of stuff went missing out of my house. I did not say my stuff was gone. It was like a case of, Okay, devil, you're messing with God's children who is trying to look after the stuff. And God is going to make a way for us to get it back and sort out the stuff. And He did. But I want you to know, 
that we have got to realize that there is a hedge of protection that comes when the blood of Jesus is applied to something. When blood is applied or sacrificed for something, there is a protection that goes with it. Okay? But, did you know, and now you might wonder, if God put this hedge around Job, how on earth did the devil get in there? If God had put this thing around, I want you to see that Job broke his own edge. In Job chapter 3, verse 25, it says this. Job says this, The thing that I feared the most has come upon me. He opened his own door. God had a hedge around him, solidly protecting him, his staff, his family. And Job says, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. He did not rely on the covering of those sacrifices that he had done. He did not rely on that thing and there was a gap in his edge. Do not sit down and say, Lord, I trust in your protection and doubt in it and fear in it because that fear will open the door. And then you'll end up with nothing. Okay, so I want you to understand something. That the old charismatic church used to have a saying, and I'm sure we've all heard it, I plead the blood of Jesus. Have you ever heard that statement, I plead the blood of Jesus? Okay, if you haven't been saved that long, they used to say that. They don't say it anymore. But what does that mean? Practically. I want you to know that if you say, Lord, I thank you for the blood that you paid, that you shed, I call on that protection over my life right now. They used to just use it in another term, they'd say, I plead the blood. Or you could say, I call on that protection right now. I release the protection of the blood over my house, over my family, over my kids, over my stuff. I want to tell you something. That Satanists and the occult know this more tangible than any Christian that I know. I'll be dealing with Satanists and it was the most incredible stuff that I learned from them because they were so extreme that I would test out all of these things. You see, one time the, the pastor was preaching on the platform and I was in the office directly behind the platform and I've got the Satanist that's busy manifesting there. And suddenly the Satanist turned around and looked at the blank wall and it was like going like this, you know, left and right across the wall. And I said, what are you doing? They go, shh, your pastor's preaching well. It's like looking at the, at the pastor through the wall. And I said, and, and the pastor happened to be preaching on curses, reversing the curse at the time. And so, this Satanist was listening to the sermon, wasn't he? He was ignoring us. He was busy listening to the sermon, watching through the wall. And it was a demon that was busy manifesting and saying the pastor's preaching well. So I got quite tired of this thing because I want to deal with the devil, get it out and then we can carry on, you see. So what I did was I laid hands on the wall and I said, I bring the blood of Jesus right now over this wall. The next second this demon started to scream. And I said, and I said now what's your problem? He says, I can't look on the blood. I said, why not? He says, it burns us. I went, uh-huh, that's a very handy thing. <laughs> I mean, how many of you know that that's a good thing when the devil says, hey, listen, that thing burns me. I go, very, very good thing to know. And guess what? We used to have Satanists that used to come to our house and put curses on our house. 
Every single night we would pray the protection of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus over our house and over our stuff. They would release the curses onto us. They would. They would sit down and release the curses. And those demons would come onto our house. But then would come back and physically burn them and torment them when they came back because they couldn't get into our house. It was the most awesome stuff to see. How that you'd sit down weeks later and these people would sit down and tell me how they were being tormented and they were burnt and physically burnt. I mean, I had one guy who started to scream, pull his shirt off, and on his back, blisters of a pentagram started to appear right on his back, in front of us. It was the most awesome thing. He was suffering, I was enjoying it. I was going, listen, Oak, you want to be dumb, you know, full for you. But you know what it showed us? Was that the blood of Jesus was real. The blood of Jesus was powerful. That protection is enormous. And we do not use it as Christians. We do not sit down and say in the morning, Lord Jesus, I thank you for that blood. I thank you for the blood over my family. I thank you for the blood over my kids. Wherever they walk, I thank you for their protection, supernatural. When we ride our vehicles on the open roads, I thank you for protection in Jesus' name. You see, when you pray that simple prayer, there is a hedge that is put around you, not because of you, but because of the price that was paid by Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, in the spirit, that thing actually starts applying. It was the most awesome stuff that we used to see. In Hebrews chapter 12, I want you to look here quickly. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 24. It says this, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Now that sounds a bit tricky. Okay? The blood of Jesus that speaks better things than that of Abel. You see, I was always taught that Abel spoke of revenge. The blood of Jesus spoke of forgiveness, the Old Testament, the New Testament. That's how you get taught in Bible school and theology. Okay? But let me tell you what it really is. I ended up with a demon one day that was manifesting somebody. And we released the blood of Jesus and the protection of Jesus. And they started to scream. And I said, what is going on with you? They said, no, the blood speaking. I said, what do you mean the blood speaking? And it says, the blood speaks and it says, go where you've got no right here. My man, I'll tell you, that's all I needed to know. The blood of Jesus speaks and tells the devil to get lost. I smoked that idea. I said, listen, from that day on, I started to test this thing out. Wherever I went, I used to sit down and I'd say, the blood of Jesus, and I'll tell you what, those demons would manifest like this. They would not be able to come near you. Not because you think you're some hot shot. Remember, we stole the sinner here. We're still messing up. But when you sit down and say, I thank you for the protection of the blood, the only thing that opens that door wide open for you is unforgiveness. Because you're actually saying, your blood wasn't good enough for my forgiveness for somebody else. Unforgiveness holds a bondage on somebody. As long as I have unforgiveness to you, I hold a bondage over you. I'm not letting you free, that God can set you free. 
And so we used to do this and we used to see the most awesome things happening. Because the blood of Jesus started to become very real to us. Now you must understand, we've got all these weapons that we're using at the same time. You must know how much fun we're having. You know, we got the word, we're releasing scriptures. And we're releasing stuff over people and stuff was happening. The next second we pray in the Spirit, then the anointing of God would break the yoke of bondage. You see, if you are not breaking people's bondages of your life, of their lives, you're not preaching the gospel. The gospel is about breaking bondages. Spirit, soul and body. I mean, if, you, you know, if somebody's sick, I'm breaking the bondage of sickness off you. I'm pushing it back. I'm setting you free from that thing. Your emotional thing. You know, I've been tormented. The Bible says the truth will set you free. It's breaking off bondages, man. I'm getting you out of hell into heaven. I'm breaking off one of the biggest bondages. You're going the wrong direction. You see, we need to grow up and start fighting again and saying, Lord, I thank you for the weapons that you've given us. I need to realize that I'm not going to stay stagnant anymore. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use the scriptures. I'm going to use the blood of Jesus that has been given to me. That protection is for me and my family. That when stuff happens, it will not come onto my house. Things will happen around us, but it will not come near my house. I remember the one time, Janine had a, had a, my wife Janine had a masonette. And it was a double story, you know, upstairs, downstairs. And she was busy, we were late at night, after 12 o'clock. We were busy building a puzzle, Janine, myself and her roommate. And we were busy building. And the next second, across her masonette, had a big felt. And there was this massive fire going outside. We look and we see it's just flames, man. We think, well, this is quite interesting. Let's go check. Because, I mean, listen, you know, first thing you want to do is go and get some marshmallows. And, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, that's how I think. But anyway, we get down there, and we have five brigades there, and it's all locked. And we go find out later on, no, there's a whole bunch of Satanists that got there, and they were busy setting up this ritual to come and curse us and whatnot. And the next second, the wind came up and then blew the thing down, and there goes the whole ritual. Big, big black circle burnt there in the pitch outside there. Not once, listen to me, not once was a Satanist able to affect our family with sickness, all these curses they were trying to do. Not once did it get through. Not once. Not because we were some big shots, but because we recognized the blood of Jesus, the protection and the power. If we understand that as Christians, we will start seeing things very differently. Now I want to challenge everybody here tonight. Are you prepared to start raising up a protection and a hedge around your family? What did Adam, what is his instruction by God? Guard the garden. Look after it. Check the hedges. What did Adam not do? Not check the hedges. What do we do? We don't check our hedges. What do we do? We live day after day after day. Now you can look and if stuff starts happening in people's families, you can say, listen, the reason why it is happening is because you don't have any hedges up. 
You don't have a protection over your family. All you have to do is start praying that protection over your family and your hedges and check it. And let me tell you something, I'm guilty of this too. I do not check very well on maintenance. It's not like in my nature to do maintenance. Okay? I'm not very good at it. Those are the men on. Those are the men on. Okay, but listen, I'm really bad at maintenance. I mean, if it gets bad, it gets very bad, and it falls apart, and then go, oh, shucks, it doesn't work anymore, get something else. But you know what happens? We have the same strategy in the spirit. We are not doing the maintenance in the spirit. Are you checking on your spiritual level in your home? Are you seeing that there is no sickness in your life, in your home? Are you seeing that there is no attack on your home over your finance? Are you checking that there is no strife in your home? All of these things are things that are open doors for your family. You see, we've got to get to the place of being proactive in our family. I understand that we're busy. I understand that we have hectic lives. I understand that we get to a place where we're just too tired. We go home. I mean, most of us, when you come to a meeting like this, you someone not even list to come. Now I know that there's five of you going, Oh, I was so excited to get here. You know, most of us are going, Oh yeah, let's just do this out of commitment. <laughs> when you get here, you start changing, and then you go, Okay, God, I'm glad I was here. I changed something. It's normal human nature. You know, like that joke where it says, Son, you have to go to church today. Wake up and start for church. Mom, I don't want to. Go and roll over. You have to. I don't want to. But you're the preacher. <laughs> it happens. We are all human. But let me tell you something. We have got to start taking these things seriously if we want to change the city. If you want to start seeing results, we have to start knowing our weapons and start applying them. It is not time for us to sit down and preach to you and say, Oh, you're such a wonderful person. You're so great. You can do mighty things. I don't want to hear that. I want to know how to kick the devil and save my family. Hearing how wonderful I am is not going to save my family or stop a rebellious child or break a thing that is a habitual thing going through my life. Come on. I need to get real and say, Arthur, repent of that thing. Change that thing. Otherwise, I'm going to kill you. So it's time that we start standing up and saying, the blood of Jesus has got a price to it for our protection, for our deliverance, and to make sure that nothing can come into our house. But gentlemen, you have got to start checking your boundaries. It's your responsibility as the head of the home. You have got to sit down and say, here's a maintenance check, here's a checklist. And do it often. At least once a week check to see, is everything still okay in the family? Everything okay? Every day, thank you Lord for the protection of the blood over my family. I hope this is helping you. Do not take this lightly. So when you go into Easter, and you go and you sit down and you celebrate the resurrection of the Christ, remember that that blood that was shed, was shed for your protection. Shed for your deliverance. See, that is why, and it was right through, wherever you see, wherever there's blood, there was always protection. Remember the Israelites? They had to kill the animal and they put it on the doorpost, the blood. What happened? The angel of death went right past. They were protected by the blood that was shed. 
It's a principle that goes through. But we as Christians have got very lazy. We as Christians have just cruised and we just expect God just to take care of us. I want to tell you right now, I want you to look at families who are going through rough times. And I want you, even if you just start with that principle, you say, start forgiving people. Get the forgiveness out so it doesn't keep an open door. Allows God to forgive you so the blood can operate properly, the protection can operate properly. And then tell them, this is how you do that, in Jesus' name. Amen. Does this help you? So every day, I want you to pray over your family, pray over your spouse, pray over your stuff. How would you like it that your stuff is protected? A guy wants to come and swipe your stuff and go, Okay, I can't do this. There's something about this car that I want to swipe. (laughs) You just don't want to do that. You understand? There is is an anointing over your stuff. I'm telling you right now, it will work. If we just start applying it. So I want to tell you, this is what these fire nights are about. We want to give you the tools so that you can go and apply it and start gaining back the ground the devil has been stealing from us. And then we need to teach others so that they can get there too. How many of us would really like to have the peace of God in our homes and the blessing of God on your business? Come on, how many of you really want to see God bless you wherever you go? You see, the Bible says that the end times, things are actually going to get worse. But it doesn't mean that the church has to get worse too. If you do the things the way the world does it, you're going to have the same results that they do. If you're going to do things differently, it is going to have different results in your life. Your decision tonight is this. How serious am I about this? Am I going to get committed to this thing and start taking this thing seriously? Or am I going to just go with everybody else? On every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of every unforgiveness and bitterness that I have carried in my life. I ask you right now to help me forgive those that have hurt me. I ask you right now to give me the forgiveness that I need in Jesus' name. I repent of not checking the main and maintaining the boundaries in my life. The areas that I have authority over and we have allowed the enemy to come in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I ask you right now to help me raise the standard and check those boundaries. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed. Not only was it shed for my forgiveness, but also for my deliverance. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that the blood of Jesus and the protection of Christ rests on my family right now. I call on that protection. I thank you, Lord, that my stuff, my spouse, my children is protected right now in the name of Jesus. I raise the standard. I bind every demonic spirit that is messing in my house. I command you to go right now. I cut off your ties 
I bind every thought, every concentration, every curse, everything that has come against me. I cut it off right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that I can set a standard that I am free in Jesus' name. My family is free. I thank you for the blood that is around my property and my stuff and that every demon in hell will see the power and the blood and the protection in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen.